0: Hi, friends. Thanks so much for tuning into the Proverbs 31 Ministries podcast where we share biblical truth for any girl in any season. I'm your host, Kaylee Olson, and today I'm joined by two very special guests, two of my favorite people, Lisa Terkhurst, our president, and Joel Mutamale. Actually, Dr. Joel Mutamale. Welcome, guys.
1: Hi, welcome. I know. I feel so official now that I get to study theology. I know. The <laughs> doctor of theology. Well, thanks. I
2: know. I
0: feel good to I you. know. Well, so you- good to be here. Joel, really quick, really quick. This is your first time being on the podcast as Dr. Mutomale. So can you tell everybody what your doctorate is is in?
2: Yeah. So I uh, just earned a PhD in biblical theology. Um, and so my area of study is uh, a deep dive into Old Testament and New Testament and how they relate to each other. Uh, but my topic was on the uh, Paul's household theme in Ephesians and how God has always desired for a uh, beautiful household, and Jesus is the one who put it back together after it was broken.
0: Sounds amazing. Well, I know we're recording this at the very end of the year, and Joel, it's been a long couple of years for you, and you deserve a nap after this. So will you do that for us and all of our listeners, but let's not talk about naps anymore. Let's talk about why we're here, and we've got a powerful episode ahead of us today with you guys, and y'all are going to share some teaching from what you've been working on recently, your most recent project, Seeing Jesus in the Old Testament, which is such a fantastic study, and I'm excited to dive into that a little bit more. But first, I do want to take just a couple of minutes to pause and talk about the ministry we do here at Proverbs 31 and why it's so important. And so we received a review recently from a listener, and I just have to read what she said, so I'm going to do that really quick, and y'all listen up. She says, I've been looking to reconnect with my Christianity and was led to your podcast, and now I'm reading your devotionals. I won't tell you all my background, but Proverbs 31 is really inspiring me and helping me reignite my relationship with Jesus. Thank you. Uh, Lisa, I know for me sometimes when I hear a review like that, it helps make what we do here feel so real. But I would love for you— as the president of Proverbs 31 Ministries, to get your reaction about what she says and just hear what it means to you whenever you hear a review like that.
1: Well, first of all, Kaylee, I find it so incredible that Mm -hmm. when we were instructed to go into all the world and share the good news of the gospel and to teach and train disciples, I think being able to do that through podcasting and through sending out email devotion. Mm -hmm. And the many other things that we do at Proverbs 31 Ministries with a unique female voice is, um, it's just incredible. I know what it feels like. I mean, I remember 28 years ago when I knew facts about God, but I didn't know how to connect with him in a strong relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't know what it meant to truly experience God or to put connections together between studying his word and, and the struggles that I had with my everyday life. Mm -hmm. I hear that. I think, thank you, Lord, that I am reaching people who were just like me mm-hmm. back then and podcasting wasn't a thing, you know, all those, you know, because <laughs> I guess I'm old now, but, <laughs> but I, this is, this is the kind of Bible teaching that would have drawn me back in. And mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that, um, that, that we're doing this and we're fulfilling the great commission through modern technology.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And it's just crazy to me how God can use something like listening to this podcast to be the catalyst for for action that leads her closer to him and getting to be part of that on the inside here at Proverbs. I know Lisa and Joel, I'm speaking for you all too. It's just an honor to get to be a part of that. And we say it all the time, but we exist to help our listeners and everybody who participates in ministry with us to know the truth and live the truth because it changes everything. And as we talk more later about your new study, seeing Jesus this in the Old Testament, I can't even imagine, but think how that's going to help reignite people's faith. And so there's so many exciting things going on that I know God is just going to use and get behind to help more people like this lady who sent in the review. And so right now it's December. It's around Christmas time, and we're in the middle of our annual fundraising campaign. And so maybe you guys listened to that review that I read a minute ago, and you've had a similar experience with Proverbs, where you've seen God move in your own life through maybe this podcast or another free resource like the First Five mobile app, our online Bible studies, or our devotions. And now is a time that we would love for you to give back with a donation to Proverbs 31 Ministry so that we can keep doing ministry and reaching women around the world. And so if you're like me, you're probably multitasking whenever you're listening to a podcast. I do laundry or go on walks when I do that. And it's not very often that I'm near my computer, but we've made it easy for you to make a donation today at any time. You can go to our show notes at proverbs31.org and click the link to make a donation. All right, Lisa and Joel, I have talked a lot and I would like to listen now. So today you guys are here to address the question, how can I believe God protects me when tragedy strikes every day? And I know that this is a question that all of us have on some level, and we're all wondering what the answer is to that. And so you guys have the floor, and I can't wait to hear. Thanks, Kaylee.
1: You know, I think feeling protected by God can seem so challenging because most of us can point to some kind of tragedy or some kind of extreme heartbreak, or even rejection, abandonment, or discouragement, disillusionment, where you thought life was going to go this way, and now it's going that way, and you're wondering, has God looked away? And, you know, maybe you've had a moment where you've laid on your couch or on your bed and stared up at the ceiling and just thought, God, where are you Mm Or you've been sobbing in your pillow and you feel scared. You feel alone. You feel like you, you're you not seeing evidence of God doing something. And so you fear that God is doing nothing. And I just want to say, I personally know these feelings in a really deep way. Mm-hmm. And for those who've been following along with my journey The past seven years of my life have been really hard. I never, ever thought that some of the circumstances and tragedies and heartbreak and rejection, um, abandonment, really, I, I never thought that any of this would be part of my story. I had such a vision for where my life was going to go, where my the life of my family was going to go. And I just assumed if I did two plus two, it would equal four. And I know that there are listeners listening today where you have experienced some kind of tragedy. And you're asking the question, how can I believe that God protects when this is happening? Maybe for you, it is the death of a relationship. Maybe it is the death of a dream, or maybe it is actually a death of someone that you loved. And I want to give you, for those of you who are dealing with the death of someone that you loved, I want to start there. And I want to give you a Bible verse that I think will be very encouraging. In Isaiah 57, 1, it says, The righteous perish, but no one takes it to heart. The devout are taken away, and no one understands that the righteous are taken away to be spared from evil. And then it goes on to say in verse two, those who walk uprightly enter into peace and they find rest as they lie in death. And as I read that, I I start to realize again, God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And sometimes his protection comes in packages that we would not call protection at all. Mm-hmm. So it seems like if you're praying for a loved one and you think that to spare them would mean that they would need to heal and get better. And sometimes that is how God spares someone. But according to the scripture, sometimes when someone is taken away and no one understands, God is sparing them from evil and, so we that's why it's so important to get into the scriptures and just better understand this isn't stuff, you know, the Bible verses that we read and the scriptures we get into, this isn't just stuff that we feel like we're checking a box, doing our Christian duty. God is giving us life and hope in these words. And um, I, I pray that that verse, Isaiah 51, and then even, I mean, Isaiah 57, verse one, and even verse two. I. I that that's a comfort to someone. And then I, I also want to say, you know if you are walking through something else, perhaps it is something that you're walking through and it feels incredibly unfair. Mm-hmm. And like God, if you see this, how could you just stand by and watch it unfold this way and not intervene? because that just feels like so incredibly hurtful. Like I'm not just being hurt by the situation that I'm walking through, but I'm being hurt that God hasn't thrown out a lightning bolt and That's like right. not enough to like kill somebody, <laughs> just but enough to shock them, you know, it's yeah. like, Come on where are you God? And so I'm going to let Joel talk in a minute, but let me just get in one other thing. Um, we have to remember that Jesus said in John 16:33 I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace in this world you will have trouble but take heart I have overcome The world. And when you have experienced deep hurt, you very much understand the trouble that Jesus is referencing here. And you very much need to know that Jesus has overcome the world. But how do we see that in practical ways right now in this moment, in this situation? So let me give you one of my favorite Psalms that I find so very comforting. It's Psalm 91. Psalm 91, verses 9 through 11 says this, because you have made the Lord, your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent, for He will command His angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. And then it goes on in Psalm ninety-one, two. Actually, before the verses I just read, it gives us a script to say to ourselves in moments where we get afraid and triggered. And this is the script that Psalm ninety-one. Verse 2 gives me, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. So this is the script. Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And I think it's interesting the psalmist described God here both as a refuge and a fortress. A refuge is a quick place to duck into to find shelter, a fortress is a place built intentionally for the purposes of exceptional security. The Hebrew word for fortress, and Joel, I'm going to let you say this. I think it's metsuda. Yeah,
2: you nailed
1: it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Great. I have. I think I have a memory of playing this on like some kind of recording you sent me, and we practiced it. Yeah, metzuda. you're doing an
2: audio recording, and I <laughs> do the pronunciation back. So good job. Okay.
1: Great. <laughs> The Hebrew word word for fortress, when we cry out, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. The Hebrew word for fortress is metzuda, with one of its definitions being an inaccessible place. To experience this level of peace, we must be near to God. And it's that nearness described throughout Psalm 91 that we are reminded to abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Mm -hmm. That's verse 1. And verse four, to take refuge under his wings. And verse nine, to make him our dwelling place. So just like we would have to sit close enough to a tree to enjoy the benefits from its shade and the sun's scorching heat, we must also position ourselves to be near to God if we desire his comfort, his protection, and his deliverance. It's not that bad things won't ever happen to us, Life is very rarely tidy. And I think all three of us mm-hmm. can say that. Relationships aren't easy. The constant stresses and strains of managing and navigating daily issues that are super hard on the human heart are not easy. But as children of God, we are not supposed to live with fear, taunting us and terrorizing us. So as we sit with these feelings, we have to come to the conclusion that the goal of having the peace of Jesus referred to in John 16, it's not perfection, it's progress. Mm-hmm. And what I want to do is every day when I say Psalm 91, 2, I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I want to say, Lord, you are the fortress. If I press into you, and recognize today my job is to be, be obedient to God. God's job is everything else. In other words, I can press into the Lord in that way, and I can know what to do. I think part of the fear when we're walking through really hard times is having no idea what to do. Hmm. But he's yeah. telling here. If you want to be elevated like into a fortress where fear no longer has access to you, you let go of the weight of trying to control everything. You just be obedient with God in this step, in this step, in this step. And as we are obedient to God, we can have faith that God is handling everything else. And that's where fear no longer has access to us. Hmm.
2: Wow. That's so good, Lisa. I think for me, one of the as you talk about um, Psalm 91 and the script that you say to yourself, I wish I had this. Um, gosh, this was probably six years ago. Uh, the One of the most uh, fearful, anxiety-ridden moments of my life and uh, my wife Brittany's life is when our youngest son, Lucas, was 11 months old and in the van driving to visit my mom, he had what's called a febrile seizure. And um, it was terrifying as a parent, you know, um, just... just you realize that you have no control over anything in that moment. Um, and one of the passages of scripture that was just so incredibly comforting to me was Psalm 46. I just want us uh, to maybe read a few of these verses together. This is what the psalmist says, starting in verse one: "God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives gives way, though the mountains be moved." into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. And then verse 7 is the pivot point. It's, it's the main point of the psalm. Verse 7, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And then verse 10, the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. Um, You see that phrase, the Hebrew phrase there for the Lord of hosts is such an important phrase. And I think this is a promise uh, and an assurance that that we can hold on to in the midst of our own tragedies, um, tragic days and anxieties and fears. Um, The Lord of hosts, you know, today when we have military terms, a general kind of hides out in the spot (laughs) in the tent, you know, uh, and lets all the troops go into battle. Um, But in the ancient world, the king was a warrior king, and the king would actually lead in the front lines of battle. You would see the king go down as the one who would be the first into the battle scene. This is exactly what is being described of Yahweh, the Lord of hosts, that he is not a God who sits back and watches us um, in the middle of our plight and our pain. In fact, he is the type of warrior king that um, is present even in the middle of it. It's really interesting because, uh, it also said that to be still and know that I'm God. In fact, I actually think that, um, this comes from Exodus 14. So what I actually think is happening is the psalmist is recalling the story of the Red Sea. And notice what the, what Moses says to the Israelites in Exodus 14 verse 14. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. And I just love that thought. I love that idea that sometimes, um in the middle of our tragedy, in the middle of these moments where we just don't even know what to do um in the in the midst of our silence, we can be assured that that god's presence is with us, and how do we know who is the presence? like how does that take place? Well, we know that it's Jesus, Jesus in the incarnation came down, and he made his dwelling amongst humanity. And I know Lisa is going to go to one of her favorite passages in <laughs> Hebrews chapter two and um, and describe how this actually takes place.
1: Yeah, Joel. And and before I read the scripture, I want to say something um, just about how we've been talking about, okay, the Lord is my fortress. The Lord, the Lord is my protector. The Lord, like be still and the Lord will fight for you. Okay, but here's where I think listener could lean in and go, okay, I hear you, Mm -hmm. but what do I do right in this moment when I am so very afraid? Mm -hmm. I think there's three perspectives that we need to hold on to. Number one, it is impossible for God to to do nothing. We don't serve a do nothing God. God is always doing something and that something is always pointed in the direction of good. Mm -hmm. And so that's number one, just to say to ourselves, okay, I don't see evidence of God working here. And that's why I'm afraid. And that's why I feel alone. But I 100% can say with confidence, we don't serve a do nothing God. And God is not going to, be pointing his activity in an an area of treacherous realities. God is good. God is good to us and God is good at being God. Mm -hmm. So we have to trust that we don't serve a do nothing God. The second thing is just because you don't see it happening today doesn't mean it's not happening and it doesn't mean it's not happening and you'll see it one day. So sometimes I think, we think, I have to see evidence of God working today in order for me to ever see God working in this at all one day. Mm-hmm. That, But that's the thing. Remember, there's two realities that are always hovering around our life. There's a physical reality that we see. We see the herd the heartbreak, we see the circumstances, we see the person, we see, you know, whatever it is that's hurting us or making us be so very afraid and stirring up anxiety. At the same time, there, as the physical reality, there is a spiritual reality that is happening. Mm -hmm. And we're reminded in Ephesians chapter six, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, it's against the evil forces that hover in the heavenly realms. And so we have to remember that with God, there's always a meanwhile. Mm -hmm. There is what we see, and at the same time, there is something good that God is working out. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's very important for us to acknowledge that this feels scary, this seems scary, this doesn't seem good at all, but, and and I love adding, but God, Mm -hmm. in any kind of processing I'm doing in my head, but God is a God who is working out something. Okay. And then number three, just because I feel afraid doesn't mean I have to live afraid. In other words, or just because I feel angry doesn't mean I have to live angry. Or just because I feel uncertain doesn't mean I have to live as a person uncertain about God. And so feelings are great indicators But they should never be dictators of how we process life. Feelings can, Mm -hmm. let's press in and Mm -hmm. let's find some kind of comfort here. But it should never dictate how we live and and what we think is true. I think we need to start with what we know is true. God is good. God is good to us. God is good at being God. And let that be the lens through which we process everything. Now, Mm -hmm. let me read these verses in Hebrews 2 that Joel knew that I was going to go to. Um, Hebrews 2 verse 14, since the children have flesh and blood, he, meaning Jesus, shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil, verse 15, and free those all their lives who were held in slavery by their fear of death. And I know it can kind of seem like, okay, I am afraid because and there's lots of different deaths we can, we already talked about that. Yeah. But you know, we can say like, I'm afraid if the worst of the worst of the worst happens here and God doesn't come through in the way I thought that he would, mm-hmm. then I'm afraid of this worst case scenario. And in this case, Jesus is saying, look, I have stared down death and I have conquered death. So you don't need to live in fear of the devil because I have taken the power of him who holds the power of death. That is the devil. And I have broken his hold and I have freed you. If you've been held in slavery by your fear of death, I have provided freedom. Because there is something on the other side of death. It is a pass through. It is not a destination.
0: Mm. Mm. So good, so good, guys. Um, I think in whenever I think about what y'all are talking about with God being a refuge and a fortress and drawing near to Him. Um, I think one of the practical questions that I have is how are we doing this on a daily basis? I don't think it looks the same for everyone, but for me, uh, one of the things that our team here at Proverbs has been reading is a book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, which is a great book. Uh, but in the book he talks about, um, the daily office and the Sabbath and the daily office is this thing where, uh, you're making time for God throughout your day. And what I'm learning um, is when I think about the verse in James 4, 8, that says draw near to God and he will draw near to you. When I think about God being a fortress, like I know that he's accessible there for me at all times, but if I'm not making the effort to remember him, I will not naturally feel at peace. And so what I want to know, like for me and for our listeners, Lisa and Joel, what's it look like for you guys to be mindful of God throughout your day? Because if you're like me, if you just do it once during your day and you're like, Lord, help me, help me remember you throughout my day. A lot of times it doesn't happen because I get so caught up in the busyness and then I don't feel at peace. So how do you make peace a part of your day? And what does that look like for y'all?
2: Yeah, I think Kaylee, first, um, when you talk about refuge and fortress, one of the things that instantly comes to my mind as Lisa was teaching um, is that a refuge and a fortress, especially mm-hmm. um, that we don't actively walk into, uh, will do us no good, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. imagine just sitting outside and having the enemy come in and the doors wide open, all you gotta do is walk in mm-hmm. and close it and you have the protection of the fortress, except mm-hmm. you choose not to, not to do it. And I do yeah. think there's this place of participation that the Lord is inviting us mm-hmm. to, uh, and that leads us to like, well, how do we do this? Yeah. For me, I just found out, uh, learned a fun fact. I can't help myself, so I'm just going to go ahead and share it now. And it's yeah. just been thinking about it this whole time that um, the, in Israel, there's this place called the Southern Steps, and the Southern Steps would have been the stairway into the temple. Mm-hmm. And on the Southern Steps, the rabbis would teach the disciples. It would be also the place mm-hmm. where um, the Israelites would have walked into going into the temple to um, worship. Here's something so interesting. The Southern steps were, were intentionally built um, uneven, basically. So some of the steps were longer and some of them were smaller and shorter. And why is this? It was to intentionally cause people to slow down mm-hmm. in holy reverence to think about every step. They're about to take, so they don't take for granted the process of going into the temple and into worship. And for me, one of the things that is the most important thing for me to do is to slow down and to try to train my eyes and tune my ears to the goodness and greatness of God all around me. It's the million moments that I'm aware of God's goodness. Right now I can look out in the trees and I can see the leaves that are going to fall, that are falling off. And to think that in just six months or so, all those trees are going to be full and be green with leaves. I think that is evidence of God's yeah. presence And if I'm not, if I don't slow myself down and make that connection, that this is together, John chapter one by Jesus himself, who holds all creation together, I could find myself sitting outside of the fortress and not walking inside to experience protection of Jesus. Mm -hmm.
1: That's so good, Joel. And I would say, too, that I have to remember what is scaring me right now, what feels so, um, I guess, making me so fearful, making me anxious, making me feel so threatened, whatever it is, that this is a part of my life, but it is not total of life mm-hmm. sometimes I can get so laser focused on what is bothering me or troubling me or causing sorrow that I forget that this this isn't the whole world and sometimes, and I, I think I've shared this before sometimes to help bring that reality back into my world because I can get so laser focused on my stuff that it's mm-hmm. almost My little issue, it's not little, but my my issue can feel like it is magnified to the size of the whole world, you know? Mm -hmm. And so my counselor taught me to go outside, take my shoes off, put my feet in the grass, look up into the sky and remind myself the sky is not falling Um, the sun is still shining, even if the clouds are covering it, the sun is still shining and God is still on the throne. Like God is still working good, even from this. And if I will just drink four ounces of water, four ounces of water has been scientifically proven to reduce our level of anxiety And, and it does something for our body. And I think that's pretty amazing too. And then also... Allow myself just 20 minutes. It takes 20 minutes when we get triggered in our pain for the limbic part of our brain and the amygdala, which is where we store our trauma, to settle down. And so if we will just give ourselves 20 minutes, chances are drinking four ounces of water, giving ourselves 20 minutes, walking outside, reminding ourselves that the sky is not falling, suddenly our prefrontal cortex, which is where our logical thought kicks back in and we can process this in a little bit better way. We can pray for these scriptures. We can consider the goodness of God. We can yeah. be a noticer of nature and God's revelation of himself all around us. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just being patient with ourselves, giving us that little time out. And it's okay. If we need to step away from a meeting, step away from a phone call, hit the pause button on a conversation, then we need to do it. And in doing so, we can reconnect with God and reconnect with just a settled down heart inside of a relationship with God.
0: Yeah, that's so good. Well, and at the very beginning, you said, when life doesn't go the way that we thought, we immediately ask, where are you? And I think that answers the question right there. If if we ask the question, where are you, but immediately go into panic and never stop and pause to go back to Psalm 91 or to go outside and look up and remember the last verse that we read in our Bible or anything like that, we're not doing our part to intentionally connect with God, to allow Him to be the fortress that we need, to allow Him to be our refuge and our safe space and to meet Him to meet, for him to meet us right there and remember that, like you said, Lisa, at the end, that it's impossible for God to be doing nothing. And if we just pause and remember that, it helps us process these tragedies and these heartbreaks and these rejections that come our way. And I know you guys are so passionate about helping us understand um, where God is in the midst of that. And I know that this is so deeply related to what y'all have been studying with seeing Jesus in the Old Testament. And so I want to give you guys just a second to tell our listeners a little bit about what the study is. The title is Seeing Jesus in the Old Testament. He's Never Absent. We're Never Alone. And that speaks to what you guys talked about today. But I know there's so much more to this that we're all excited about. So I not y'all
1: share. Thanks, Kaylee. I am very excited about this study because I'm absolutely convinced if we can learn to see and notice Jesus Mm -hmm. and his activity in the Old Testament, we will be better equipped to see and notice his activity in our present day life as well. Mm -hmm. The study is structured, it's five weeks, and we'll be digging into the Old Testament. But I know sometimes people can hear that and be like, oh, no, that sounds depth. You know, that sounds yeah. like, it would be confusing to me. No, this is depth with clarity. And we've intentionally written it with the average everyday Bible study um, gal in mind because I am one of those gals. So maybe- me too. Me too. <laughs> Joel would love to go like real deep into <laughs> And I'm raising my hand and saying, I probably should know this word, you know, but I don't really understand what it means. And so throughout the book, you'll see a little note from Joel that defines maybe what that was used in study or a little note from Lisa, me, that would give some more clarity on that. But the study is structured over five weeks and we will cover seeing Jesus through portraits, prophecies, patterns, provisions and protections Joel what else do you want to say about it
2: yeah I just think that this is one of those studies that um, it will really help uh, stir up in your heart's affections for the Old Testament mm-hmm. that um, you know maybe we haven't had before and I think part of Part of the missing key to this is that there are seeds that are planted all throughout the Old Testament um, that become full-blown trees uh, in the New Testament. And we want to skip past that, you know, and jump right back to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and see all this stuff. But what if by doing that, we actually um, miss some of the journey that actually brings life and brings meaning? and brings confidence to everything that's taking place in the New Testament. And this is exactly what this study will do for us. We will see in some of these places um, promises, provisions, patterns, protections um, of Jesus himself, who is never not working. He is always active. And we see this extensively throughout the Old Testament. So I'm super excited about it. Oh
0: yeah, me too. And I mean, At Proverbs, if we're all about helping women know the truth and live the truth in our everyday lives, if we're just constantly dependent on other people telling us what the truth is, but we're not actually getting into the Bible and understanding it as a whole, then when it comes time for us to go out and live our lives, that's shaky ground. But if we're the ones who are digging in and really doing the hard work of understanding what it looked like for Jesus to be in the Old Testament and how it's so true that he was there, how much richer would our lives and our faith be? And so I'm pumped for this study. So guys, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I truly cannot believe that this is our last episode of 2021. Like what a way to wrap it up. And I don't know about our listeners, but I do plan on diving into seeing Jesus in the Old Testament in 2022. And we do it together as a ministry. And I can't wait to see how it shapes our faith. So Joel, will you do me a favor and tell our listeners where they can purchase a copy and how they can study with us in
2: the New Year? Yeah, so this is super important. You can grab your copy of Seeing Jesus in the Old Testament exclusively through Proverbs thirty one ministries at P thirty one bookstorecom I just want to emphasize the exclusivity aspect of it. That's somebody, very true. So if you go to Amazon, you're gonna do nope. that. Them- and you're going to be like, a little confused. What happened? Exclusively means only at p31bookstore.com. And we will start this study on January 10th of 2022. And you can walk through the entire study. I think this is going to be really cool. Yeah. Uh, with us at Proverbs through either our online Bible studies or or our First 5 mobile app, which you can download for free on all of your uh, mobile devices. So if you want to find out more about how to join and what this all looks like, you can go to Proverbs31.org, or you can just go straight to the bookstore and grab your copy. And I think this is an incredible, incredible study to do with your friends and with your absolutely. Family. In January, everybody's trying to, you know, think about Bible reading plans and getting ready to start the Bible. And I actually think this could be a pretty compelling and um, just fun way to actually kind of go through the entire Old Testament through the lens of seeing Jesus. And I think it's a great accomplishment that we can kind of check off at the end of five weeks of our time together.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And as we close out this year, I want to remind you guys to make a donation to Proverbs 31 Ministries today so we can continue to provide biblical truth just like the study that we're talking about to any girl in any season. We would love for you to financially be a part of what we're doing here. And it's exciting. Like I said at the beginning, just hearing about this study and knowing kind of the secret behind the scenes plans we've got for all of next year. uh, We want you guys to be a part. And if you partner with us financially, you can help us do that and continue to offer so many resources for free for women to be able to know the truth and live the truth because it changes everything so thank you guys for being with us this year and we'll see you in 2022